Proverbs 19.21, ESV. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Welcome back to this week's episode of Melanin Medley. How have you been, kings and queens? We've been venturing through this Moving Forward series with a lot of gems being dropped. We've had special guests. We've even had a few things that God had to say on his own. This week, we're going to talk about what it means to have your Moving Forward journey while still learning about your spiritual gifts. Stay tuned. Let us pray. Dear Father God, thank you for blessing us with another day. Thank you for teaching us so much about what it means to move forward. Thank you for teaching us who and what we need to move forward from. Thank you for teaching us who's in control. And also, Father God, just thank you for allowing us to learn more about stewardship during our moving forward season. Today, Father God, we pray that you rebuke and bind any and all attacks of the enemy Help us to be good stewards over the time you've entrusted us with and prepare our hearts, minds, bodies, souls, and spirits to be able to receive what you would have to say about moving forward and what it means to steward over our spiritual gifts. And it's in all these things we ask, not by our will, but your will. And it's in Jesus' name we pray and ask it all. Amen. Hi, kings and queens. How have you been? It's been quite a while since I've been able to touch a mic. So backstory on that. About two weeks ago, I was preparing to record this episode, and unfortunately, my computer broke. Like, the edge of where you bend the computer back and forth, like, cracked completely. My computer screen turned pink, and there were these random lines on there. And I was really trying to get this episode out to y'all, but it just wasn't happening. So, by the grace of God, I was able to work with this amazing computer tech. I was able to get my computer fixed and back up and running, so here I am. But this is just a testament to the enemy is busy, but my God's much busier. And on top of that, even while I was trying to record this episode, not today, but yesterday, there was all this noise happening at my house. There was this man cutting his grass. There were planes flying over. There was just too much going on. And I was upset. I'm not going to lie. I was very upset and very frustrated because it's like I've been trying to get this episode out for a while. And just the simple fact that it took so long and there were just so many hurdles to try to get it done. I was talking to my boyfriend and he really helped me get grounded in recognizing that I'm not in control. God's in control. And the enemy is busy, but my God and our God is much busier. So by the grace of God, I'm able to record today. And I cannot wait to share with y'all what God has in store. Because let me tell you something. This episode is going to blow your mind, but I'm not going to spoil it for y'all. So let's go ahead and get started. Remember the anchor scripture that we're supposed to be doing? Yeah, I kind of forgot it on the last episode. But just for a refresher... Let's revisit our anchor scripture of Philippians 3, verses 13 through 16. It says on verse 13, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for the which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. 
but we must hold on to the progress we have already made. I revisit this scripture just to reflect on how far we've come in our Moving Forward series. The first episode, we kind of touched on who and what we needed to move forward from. We got our feet wet, tried to identify some of the places, the people, and even situations we may have found ourselves in. And then when we moved on to the second week, we started to look more into who's in control here. And thankfully, I was able to get a few special guests, shout out to my sister and one of my closest friends who might as well be a sister, to talk about their own moving forward journeys and who's and what are they in control of as well. And then I love them so, so much. My boyfriend came in last week and talked a little bit more about stewardship and what stewardship looks like in our lives, especially in our moving forward season. This week is more so focused on our spiritual gifts, specifically in our moving forward season. Now, God is in place in each and every one of us gifts. That could be speaking in tongues, that could be discernment, or it could even be tangible gifts such as organization or being able to sing, write, read, whatever it may be. God has entrusted with us, every single one of us, spiritual gifts. They make us unique and they set us apart from the world. Now, what does this have to do with our moving forward season? I'm glad you asked. Most of our spiritual gifts are probably dusty. They haven't been picked up in a while and we don't really think about them during our moving forward season. We're more so focused on why does God have us where we are? We're in the wilderness. We're not really sure where God's going with this whole thing. And then of all things, he expects us to let him be in control, steward over other people's stuff, and then refine our gifts all at the same time. Make it make sense. But I really appreciate how we can continue to look at Joseph's story to really make sense of what our moving forward journey looks like. In fact, we're going to pick up in Genesis 39 and read through the scriptures in chapters 40 and 41 to really get a full scope of what this moving forward season looks like in terms of our spiritual gifts. Granted, we already explored Genesis 39 last week when we were looking at Joseph during his time with Potiphar and his wife. So now we're going to read the end of Genesis 39, picking up in verse 19, where it says, Potiphar was furious when he heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her. So he took Joseph and threw him into the prison where the king's prisoners were held, and there he remained. But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love, and the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. The warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. Now, before we get too far, make sure to check out part three of the Moving Forward series. In that episode, we talked about Joseph's moving forward season in terms of stewardship. During that time, he was responsible for all of the administrative tasks in Potiphar's house. But unfortunate for him, Potiphar's wife was strongly attracted to Joseph. So much so that she kept trying to seduce him, even though she was married. I don't know what was wrong with her. But anywho, during his time while he was at the house, she would constantly try to make advances towards him, all of which he turned down and ignored. Despite being married, might I emphasize, the wife wasn't having it. And during her last advance towards Joseph, Joseph ran out the house and he left one of his garments there. What was he thinking? So then... The wife goes to her husband and lies and says that Joseph tried to come on to her. And that was the only reason Joseph was working there. Y'all know that wasn't the case. 
So now, as we can see, Joseph has found himself in jail. Continuing on in Genesis 40, verse 1, it says, Sometime later, Pharaoh's chief cupbearer and chief baker offended their royal master. Pharaoh became angry with these two officials, and he put them in the prison where Joseph was, in the palace of the captain of the guard. They remained in prison for quite some time, and the captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph, who looked after them. While they were in prison, Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker each had a dream one night, and each dream had its own meaning. When Joseph saw them the next morning, he noticed that they both looked upset. Why do you look so worried today, he asked. And they replied, we both had dreams last night, but no one can tell us what they mean. Interpreting dreams is God's business, Joseph replied. Go ahead and tell me your dreams. So the chief cupbearer told Joseph his dream first. In my dream, he said, I saw a grapevine in front of me. The vine had three branches that began to bud and blossom, and soon it produced clusters of ripe grapes. I was holding Pharaoh's wine cup in my hand, so I took a cluster of grapes and squeezed the juice into the cup. Then I placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. This is what the dream means, Joseph said. The three branches represent three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift you up and restore you to your position as his chief cupbearer. And please remember me and do me a favor when things go well for you. Mention me to Pharaoh so he might let me out of this place. For I was kidnapped from my homeland, the land of the Hebrews, and now I'm here in prison, but I did nothing to deserve it. When the chief baker saw that Joseph had given the first dream such a positive interpretation, he said to Joseph, I had a dream too. In my dream, there were three baskets of white pastries stacked on my head. The top basket contained all kinds of pastries for Pharaoh, but the birds came and ate them from the basket on my head. This is what the dream means, Joseph told him. The three baskets also represent three days. Three days from now, Pharaoh will lift you up and impale your body on a pole. Then birds will come and peck away at your flesh. Dang, okay. Um, Pharaoh's birthday came three days later, and he prepared a banquet for all his officials and staff. He summoned his chief cupbearer and chief baker to join the other officials. He then restored the chief cupbearer to his former position so he could again hand Pharaoh his cup. But Pharaoh impaled the chief baker, just as Joseph had predicted when he interpreted his dream. Pharaoh's chief cupbearer, however, forgot all about Joseph, never giving him another thought. Okay? So after reading through Genesis 39 and Genesis 40, we're able to clearly identify where Joseph is in his moving forward journey. Not only has he been lied to by Potiphar's wife, but now he's in jail for it. And at the same time, though, the baker and the cupbearer are there because they in some way, shape, or form have upset Pharaoh. And this brings me to point number one in this week's episode. In your moving forward season, you will encounter people that are in the same place that you are, but they're there for different reasons. How can I prove it? In Joseph's case, Joseph was there on the count that Potiphar's wife lied on his behalf, as we can see towards the end of Genesis 39. But in this case, the baker and the cupbearer are there because they upset Pharaoh, which we see in verses 1 through 3, which reads, Sometime later, Pharaoh's chief cupbearer and chief baker offended their royal master. Pharaoh became angry with these two officials, and he put them in prison where Joseph was in the palace of the captain of the guard. Keeping this in mind, all three of them were imprisoned. By our standards, Joseph was innocent in his wrongdoings, but we don't know if the chief cupbearer or the chief baker may have tried to poison Pharaoh and he got upset about it. We don't really know, but the servants were guilty as far as Pharaoh's standards go. 
But the question right here isn't a question of whether or not we're guilty or innocent, but to specify why God has them there and what they're there to do. Same place for different reasons. So taking it back to our personal moving forward season, why does God have us where we are and what are we there to do? We can be around people that look like us, talk like us, and we're all, you know, making a home out of the season that we found ourselves in. But if we lose sight of why God has us there, we lose out on the opportunity to really refine what exactly God wants us to do in that season. Because you could be there in the same place, but your assignment may be different. So moving on to my second point, your moving forward season calls you to steward over your gifts and let God define your why. What I would like to call your refinement process. The QTNA here is, what gifts can you refine during your moving forward season? In Joseph's case, Joseph could have been stingy and opted not to interpret their dreams. How many of us are being stingy with our gifts because we're focused on trying to get out of the jail that the enemy has told us that is imprisoning us? Before I get too far, let's go back and revisit the scripture. While they were in prison, picking up in verse 5, Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker each had a dream one night, and each dream had its own meaning. When Joseph saw them the next morning, he noticed that they both looked upset. Why do you look so worried today? He asked them. And they said, we both had dreams last night, but no one can tell us what they mean. Interpreting dreams is God's business, Joseph replied. Go ahead and tell me your dreams. And that finishes up in verse eight. So with this in mind, there are many times when God has us in moving forward seasons that we have been embedded with spiritual gifts that God could utilize to deliver someone else that's in the same place as you. But The enemy has tried to shift our perspective in thinking that where we are is a prison. Man, I'm never going to get out of this school. Man, I'm never going to get out of this job. Man, I'm never going to get a new car because Lord knows I need a new car. And it may be a question of, well, why does God have me at this school? Why does God have me at this job? And why does God have me with this car? And what am I supposed to be doing with these things that God has gifted me for. Because there was a time where I wanted to be at this school. There was a time I wanted to be at this job. And there was a time I wanted to have this car. So why is it that right now the enemy has shifted or skewed or one could say perverted my perspective into thinking that this is a prison. I'm in jail. There's nothing I can do here. Remember in our first episode where we started to really talk about Joseph's story, where he was in the well. And we learned that in that episode that God's gifts and God's will is never confined to the things it's confined to the people. And he's not even one to be confined at all. So when we're looking at this second point of our moving forward season, especially as far as our spiritual gifts, we have to be able to keep in mind This isn't the time for us to be stingy with our gifts, but more so turn to God and look to God. Okay, God, you have me here. I'm miserable. I hate it here. But why do you have me here? And what do you want me to do here? And another question to ask yourself is, what gifts have God given you that you haven't touched since your moving forward journey began? There are some instances I'm included in this where we find ourselves looking at other people, looking for other resources to do something that God has already gifted us with the ability to do. And unfortunately, we get skewed by our current reality and think that, oh no, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to sing. I don't know how to dance. Let me give you a real life example. 
There was a time in which I was in chorus for years and years on end. But the one time I went out for a solo, I was rejected and told like, no, you're not cut out for this. And granted, there were some beautiful singers in my choir class. Now, moving forward, (laughs) pun intended, I had the perspective that I don't have the gift to sing. I can't sing. I don't know how to sing. Nobody wants to hear me sing. When, again, mentioning my boyfriend, I had the opportunity to sing for him. And he was like, who told you you couldn't sing? And it was because, like, I found myself in my moving forward journey of moving through my college experiences, moving through different relationships, and moving through different seasons where I didn't really think that this was a gift that God gave me. But... I hadn't picked it up because I thought God was moving me forward into something else. But it's like, no, God may have given me the spiritual gift once and not try to once and not try to pit me against another one of my brothers and sisters in Christ. But more so, this could be a season in which I could refine it. Now, no, I'm not about to be the next Mary J. Blige or Mariah Carey, but it's just to bring home the example of what gifts have God given you? that you haven't touched because maybe somebody said you weren't gifted enough. Maybe somebody said that it's not your time. Maybe somebody said that you don't have enough fiscal resources to be able to achieve that goal right now. What is it that you feel that you haven't touched since your moving forward season began? And in Joseph's case, I will say it's the interpretation of dreams. Now, We see Joseph move through this season where he's at Potiphar's house and he's serving and doing all these administrative tasks, but never ever did I see anything noted that Joseph tried to interpret dreams. And in Joseph's case, he utilized his season of not being able to be in the palace where God has already promised him that's where he's going to be. He utilized this season to focus on his spiritual gift of dream interpretation And he did that specifically in verse eight, where he says, where it says, and they replied, we both had dreams last night, but no one can tell us what they mean. Interpreting dreams is God's business. Joseph replied, go ahead and tell me your dreams. I task you all kings and queens to recognize what gifts have you been given that you haven't touched since your moving forward season began. Take a close and critical look at that. Because God is calling you to move from keeping your gifts to yourself and moving towards serving others with your gift. Keep in mind, Joseph could have been stingy and opted not to interpret their dreams. He's in this dusty jail cell serving a crime that he didn't commit. He could have been stingy. He could have been, y'all better log on the dream moods. Y'all better go talk to each other. Y'all better go talk to God yourself because I don't feel like doing it. I'm drained. I'm sick of where I am. I'm sick of these circumstances. I'm sick of having to face these battles on my own. And God's not showing up for me. When in fact, God wants to move through you. So this is a time in which you can surrender your gifts to God and give God the glory that he deserves for this moving forward season. He's calling you to relinquish your gifts to others. And Joseph did just that. Rather than wallowing and being upset with where he is he clearly says interpreting dreams is God's business go ahead and tell me your dreams he's basically saying God use me if you can't use me to get out of my situation use me to help other people and that may very well be what God's calling you to do right now and granted he did not take the credit he knew he didn't have the resources to to even get them what they wanted out of their dreams to get them where they needed to be he knew he didn't have that ability 
But he gave glory to God and said, that is God's ability to give you the interpretation and things that you need. So God use me. That was opening the door to, this is something that God can do. Help me be used by God in this moment. And in addition to that, let God define your why. Don't let culture, people, the world define it for you. In Isaiah 8, 17, especially in the NIV version, it says, I will wait for the Lord who has turned away from me, descendants of Jacob. I will put my trust in him. Joseph didn't put his trust in, let me look in the dictionary. Let me get one of the people that I can talk to in the captain of the guard to see if they can help you interpret their dreams. It's like, no, no, no. I will put my trust in God and define my why through God to be able to interpret these dreams. In addition to that, allow God to order your steps. In your prayers, take a moment to just be like, God, I surrender to your will, not mine. I'm not making a decision or move without you, God. I can't do this without you. I didn't get this far without you. Yes, I'm in the wilderness. Yes, I'm in my moving forward season, but I refuse to go anywhere without you because he always equips his plans. I made the mistake of seeking culture and letting others approve me for something that God already approved me for. I allowed them to shape and define and scope my perspective. When I first started this podcast, I really wasn't as involved with Bible studies as much as I am now. And God reminded me of this during this time as I was creating this podcast where I was charged with the responsibility of facilitating a Bible study because some of the people on my exec board weren't available. Now, I was scrambling I was scrambling to try to figure out what am I supposed to do for this Bible study? I had never run a Bible study before. And by the grace of God, I was able to find something quickly on Google, just a bunch of scriptures, but the scriptures weren't even condensed into a specific sermon series. It was just a bunch of scriptures. So then I took those scriptures and I said, Holy Spirit, I need your help. I don't know how many times throughout that Bible study. And it was just in that moment where God wasn't concerned about me having this buttoned up, fine, not fine-tuned kind of scripture or sermon that he wanted me to present to the people in my Bible study group. He just wanted to use me because God's yes always cancels out their no. God's yes always equips his plans. And we see in Isaiah 14 verses 27, where it says, for the Lord of hosts has purposed and who will annul it? His hand is stretched out and who will turn it back? In Job 42 verses two through four, it says, then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do anything and no one can stop you. You asked, who is this that questions my wisdom with such ignorance? It is I. And I was talking about things I knew nothing about, things far too wonderful for me. You said, listen, and I will speak. I have some questions for you and you must answer them. So whether it was me trying to figure out if I could be able to sing the perfect melody or it was me trying to figure out how to facilitate my Bible study, it was allowing God to step into the midst of it and be like, I am the reason why you're here. I'm the reason why I brought you through this moving forward season. It has nothing to do with your gifts. It has nothing to do with your abilities. It has everything to do with how you steward over the time that you've been given by me. And just to connect it once more back to our anchor scripture and Philippians three verses 14, it says, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Once again, Paul here is saying it has nothing to do with me. 
I'm in my process. I'm in my moving forward season. But what I'm doing right now, the hard work that I'm putting in, it has nothing to do with me. Yes, I'm not where I want to be. Yes, I'm not doing what I want to do. But it has everything to do with the heavenly prize that God has laid out for us. So even when we choose it, even when we choose God's plan over our plan, when we choose to utilize our spiritual gifts for his glory, it is never for our own benefit. It's always to glorify God. So whether that be a book, a club or organization, a song, a poem, a YouTube channel, a business idea, a business venture, a business opportunity, uh, anything that has to do with what God has purposed in your heart, he planned that along with your spiritual gifts, with the sole intention of not just you, but bringing others closer to him. Okay? So, all of that in mind, we have the first point. In your moving forward season, you will encounter people in the same place that you are, but there for a different reason. And then in your second moving forward season, he's calling you to steward over your gifts and allowing him to define your why. So moving on to the third point, your moving forward season gives you a glimpse of the choices you have once your season is over. So in Joseph's case, he had the opportunity to read the dreams of the cupbearer and the chief baker. And let's go ahead and refresh our memories with that. It says in verse nine, so the chief cupbearer told Joseph his dream first. In my dream, he said, I saw a grapevine in front of me. The vine had three branches that began to bud and blossom, and soon it produced clusters of ripe grapes. I was holding Pharaoh's wine cup in my hand, so I took a cluster of grapes, squeezed the juice into the cup, then I placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. This is what the dream means, Joseph said. The three branches represent three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift you up and restore you to the position as chief cupbearer. And please remember me and do me a favor when things go well for you. Mention me to Pharaoh so he might let me out of this place. For I was kidnapped from my homeland, the land of the Hebrews, and now I'm here in prison. But I did nothing to deserve it. When the chief baker saw that Joseph had given the first dream such a positive interpretation, he said to Joseph, I had a dream too. In my dream, there were three baskets of white pastries stacked on my head. The top basket contained all kinds of pastries for Pharaoh, but... The birds came and ate them from the basket on my head. This is what that dream means, Joseph told him. The three baskets also represent three days. Three days from now, Pharaoh will lift you up and impale your body on a pole. Then birds will come and peck away at your flesh. Now, y'all, let me just say, it's kind of sad how the chief baker went out. Like, nobody wants to get impaled to die. So, (laughs) it's not funny, but... (laughs) Nobody wants to get impaled to die. So just moving on. Joseph had the opportunity to interpret both of these dreams. The cupbearer's dream exhibited themes of stewardship, service, and fruitfulness. But the baker, on the other hand, exhibited death. Why would God show Joseph these two dreams to interpret? More so, what is God trying to say when he gives you this glimpse into the choices that we have? As I've understood it, it looks as though God is saying that we have two choices, one that produces life and one that produces death. So the question may come, when we're in our moving forward season, which of the choices that are being produced produce life and which of the choices produces death? I feel as though God gave 
Joseph this opportunity to interpret these dreams just to give him a glimpse of what he can anticipate from living the life that God has chosen him to live. In the baker's dream, there's a sense of selfish ambition. We could even see it in when we're hearing about the cupbearer's dream that the baker is saying, oh, okay, if he's getting that interpretation, then maybe I'll get a positive interpretation too. When in reality, that wasn't going to be the case. With this selfish ambition, it comes this idea that we're coveting what other people want. And in the choices that we have during our moving forward season, God wants to show us what it looks like to covet somebody else's dreams. Ooh, there's something in there. Or covet our own. Or desire the will that God has in store for us. Why would we want to covet someone else's dreams instead of living out our own? That's a good question. So when God gives us a glimpse into everyone else's lives or gives us a glimpse of what our lives could look like in our moving forward season, you all may be asking me, why would you consider the baker to be selfish? Well, take a close look. Joseph offered to interpret those dreams by God's will and God's spirit. They didn't have to ask him to do it. So when the baker saw that there was a favorable interpretation, one translation says, it sounds like the baker was looking to get what the cupbearer had. And in your moving forward season in terms of your spiritual gifts, God wants you to lock your heart into the desires that he has for you, not the desires that other people have, because they aren't in alignment with where God has called you to be. You know why? We've already talked about this. While you are in the same place, you're there for what? I hope you said different reasons. Because God does not want you to desire what your brothers and sisters in Christ have. He has something specifically and especially planned out for you. So why would you want what they have? So we have to be careful, kings and queens, especially in our moving forward season. God will drop little nuggets and hints for us to be able to identify what exactly are our choices as we move down our moving forward season. They aren't necessarily pertaining to us in that moment, but He's giving us a glimpse into what decisions we may have to make moving forward and may even get the opportunity to apply to our own lives. And let's hope that we choose to be the cupbearer. We choose to be service-filled and fruitful in all of our endeavors and not seeking self-ambition or, God forbid, coveting what other people have because it'll only produce death. And God has given us the gift of life, which kind of moves me to point number four. In your moving forward season, you're given a choice. Do you steward over what you have or you try to hit the fast forward button of what you will have? In Joseph's case, he tried to get himself out of jail, even while utilizing his gifts. Now, whoa, 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 whoa. They're going to be like, Dime, you just said that we should steward over our gifts and help other people. Yeah, but we live in a sin fallen world. We are still filled with our own selfish ambitions and God constantly asks us every day to die to ourselves, humble ourselves and pray. We have to get in his presence to get these things up out of us or we're going to be like Joseph and try to get ourselves out of the jail that the enemy wants us to believe is our jail. So let's go back and revisit verses 12 through 15. This is when Joseph is in the midst of interpreting the cupbearer dream. This is what the dream means, Joseph said. The three branches represent three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift you up and restore you to your position as chief cupbearer. Okay, y'all here, Joseph is doing what he's supposed to do. He's interpreting the dream. He's going after what God wants. But that selfish ambition got in his heart. 
He saw, and please remember me and do me a favor when things go well for you. Mention me to Pharaoh so he might let me out of this place. Verse 15, for I was kidnapped from my homeland, the land of Hebrews, and now I'm here in prison, but I did nothing to deserve it. Now, y'all, God did not tell Joseph to tell them to free Joseph. His gift, his instruction was to interpret dreams. God does not need Joseph's help to free Joseph from prison. In the same fashion, God did not tell us to get out of step with our moving forward season. He asked us to steward over what we were supposed to be stewarding over, as well as utilize our gifts for the honor and glory of him. He does not need us to play God in what he wants us to do or what he chooses and has planned to do in our lives. When Joseph was tasked with stewarding over the spiritual gifts of dream interpretation, God had already given him a glimpse into what his life could look like if he stewarded well over what God has entrusted him with. And at the same time, he also got to get a front row seat of God saying that something would happen and it coming to pass. So in Joseph's obedience, God revealed that what he says is going to happen will happen. So why would Joseph need to make use of these gifts, his own spiritual gifts on his own? If God showed him this for the sake of others, why wouldn't he fulfill the promises that he made to Joseph, him being God? So in this example, I turn the questions to ourselves because Joseph was trying to look at an opportunity to play God and be God and God can be God all by himself. He was looking for the opportunity to be able to release himself from jail. So then I have to bear the question to ourselves. What are we trying to be opportunistic about? What are some things in which we see in our spiritual gifts? We see in our moving forward season that, oh, I see that if I take this opportunity that I'll be able to make X amount of money. Oh, I see if I make this connection with this person, they'll be able to put me in touch with this person and then I'll make it big. Oh, I see if I stay in this relationship long enough, maybe just maybe they'll be able to work up the courage to say that they really, really want to be with me. God does not make us jump through hoops to try to get the blessings that he's already promised us. He'll make us put in the work, but the work that we're putting in is growing us beyond measure and refining us, as we saw in step two, to be all that we've called to be with the gifts he's already put in us. We don't have to be opportunistic. We do not have to strive for anything that God has given us. In my own personal journey, I tried to strive to try to get the approval of my professor that I was meant to do this podcast. And here's what happened. Like you all remember the story. I was sitting there waiting for the class to end. And I saw that my professor had just gotten some kind of opportunity or been held responsible for some kind of podcast and I was like oh he's my professor and God wants me to do this podcast so maybe God wants me to connect with my professor so I can make this podcast and it be successful and I don't think that was what God wanted you know how I know that because as soon as I walked up to the professor I was like hey I got this really good idea for a podcast can you help me can you partner with me can you give me some kind of mentorship in order to make this podcast successful and you know what that professor did they completely turned me down. They shut me down completely. They said, oh, the podcast space is too saturated. I would consider doing something else. Now, why would God put me in a position 
to start a podcast and then ask me to shoot my shot with a professor to help me. Why would he tell me to do that? You know why? Because he didn't tell me to do that. He didn't want me to try to strive and create opportunities for myself to get where he already said I was going to be. He does not want me to be opportunistic. And during our moving forward season, we have this tendency to use our temporary circumstance, the temporary place in which God has placed us in as a launch pod for where God is calling us to. And it's not easy, but I charge every single one of you kings and queens to lean into your obedience more than your expectations. Remember, God equips you with everything you need so you don't have to strive to get it or make moves for it. Don't ever forget that. Which leads me to point number five. Our moving forward season will allow us to recognize our gifts and how God would like to use those gifts. And we see in Joseph's story Joseph is seeing the two options for himself that the baker and the chief cupbearer are given in their dreams, right? But unfortunate for Joseph, he chooses the selfish route. He tries to play God. He tries to get himself out of jail. And as a result, that led to him not getting released from jail. We see that in verse 23. It says, Pharaoh's chief cupbearer, however, forgot all about Joseph, never giving him another thought. So the cupbearer, as soon as he was released from jail, went straight back to Pharaoh's birthday. The dream came to pass and he continued stewarding over the time that he was given with Pharaoh. He never gave Joseph a second thought. Now, what does this have to do with recognizing our gifts and doing what God has called us to do with those gifts? When we're stewarding over what we're supposed to be doing and when we're stewarding over our spiritual gifts and allowing God to use them, we're able to clearly identify where our heart posture is in our spiritual journey. When we recognize our spiritual gifts, we're able to put our selfish ambitions to the side. And unfortunate for Joseph, him going after the cupbearer and saying that, hey, could you let the Pharaoh know that when you get there that he could release me from prison because I ain't even supposed to be here. When he did that, it revealed Joseph's heart posture. It revealed that he didn't trust God. And... By doing our own thing or trying to do things on our own, sometimes God keeps us where we're at in our moving forward season because we haven't purged our desires, our selfish ambition from our hearts. And it's unfortunate for us because God wants us to be released from prison or God wants to release us from this part of our moving forward season. But if we're still trying to do things on our own, if we're still trying to make the moves, make the right connections, be with the right guy, be with the right girl, be with the right job, if we're still trying to do that, it shows that we're not trusting God with the process. We're not trusting God with the spiritual gifts that he's given us, that he's trying to refine in this moving forward season. We don't trust him. What's sadder than Joseph trying to play God in his life is that Joseph would have kept going to man or Pharaoh to fix his problems rather than going to God to fix his problems. That's scary as a believer for us to get so caught up in the pattern of this world that thinking that we need somebody else to get us where we need to be rather than the person that's providing for us or the being that's providing for us. We're relying on someone else. That's not saying we should go through this life trying to be independent, but it's a question of where is our heart in our moving forward season? 
Is our heart or our gifts, our spiritual gifts, our treasure in man and what man tells us we can do with it? Or is it with God? It's just food for thought. I struggle with it too. So don't think I'm being accusatory, but it's just a question. Like we're all given such beautiful spiritual gifts yet. Why do we keep asking other people to put their stamp of approval over what God already approved us for? What does that mean? It means moving to my sixth point, God's timing will elevate you to the next phase. Now, in order to get a clear understanding of where I'm going with this, we're going to go straight to Genesis 41. Verse one reads, two years later, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing on the bank of the Nile River. In his dream, he saw seven fat, healthy cows come up out of the river and begin grazing in the marsh grass. Then he saw seven more cows come up behind them from the Nile, but they were scrawny and thin. These cows stood beside the fat cows on the riverbank. Then the scrawny, thin cows ate the seven healthy, fat cows. At this point in the dream, Pharaoh woke up. Verse 5, but he fell asleep and had a second dream. This time he saw seven heads of grain, plump and beautiful, growing on single stalk. Then seven more heads of grain appeared, but these were shriveled and withered by the east wind. And these thin heads swallowed up the seven plump, well-formed heads. Then Pharaoh woke up again and realized it was a dream. The next morning, Pharaoh was very disturbed by the dreams. So he called for all the magicians and wise men of Egypt. When Pharaoh told them his dreams, not one of them could tell him what they meant. Finally, the king's chief cupbearer spoke up. Today I have been reminded of my failure, he told Pharaoh. Some time ago, you were angry with the chief baker and me, and you imprisoned us in the palace of the captain of the guard. One night, the chief baker and I each had a dream, and each dream had its own meaning. There was a young Hebrew man with us in the prison who was a slave of the captain of the guard. We told him our dreams, and he told us what each of our dreams meant. And everything happened just as he predicted. I was restored to my position as cupbearer, and the chief baker was executed and impaled on a pole. So let's back up here. Two full years. Two full years. The story picks up. Do you know how much could happen in two full years? And in Joseph's case, you mean to tell me he could have been out of jail two years ago? That's insane. But it just drives home the point. It's God's timing that was the most important. In my opinion, Joseph could have been out two years ago, but he was trying to play God. And during that time, the scriptures don't say it, but I'm almost certain he was able to get the reset he needed to refocus on God. Nowhere in Genesis 40 do you see that God is with Joseph, especially as he's ripping and running through the interpretations of the cupbearer and the chief baker's dreams. But during that two-year period, I'm almost certain he was able to get back in God's presence and get his mind straight on who he was and why he was in the presence of God, why he was in the moving forward season that he was in, and what his spiritual gifts were truly used for. So that in God's timing, he will be able to enter into the place that he was supposed to be at without any selfish ambition and without him trying to play God. And we see that further down. In verse 14, it picks up and says that Pharaoh sent for Joseph at once and he was quickly brought from the prison. After he shaved and changed his clothes, he went in and stood before Pharaoh. 
Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream last night and no one here can tell me what it means. But I have heard that when you hear about a dream, you can interpret it. And verse 16, it says, it is beyond my power to do this. Joseph replied, but God can tell you what it means and set you at ease. So here we can see Joseph has reinvited God into the picture. He has reinvited God into his spiritual gifts. He has not tried to play God and be like, oh, you know, if I interpret this dream for you, you can let me out of jail. It's like, no, this is why God has called me here. This is what my spiritual gift is for. It's not for my selfish ambition. It's for the glorification of God to be able to give you the answers that you need. So like I said, nowhere in Genesis 40 do you see that God is with Joseph. Nowhere do you see that he invited God into interpreting the dreams, except for when he said The interpretation is not for me, but it's for God to interpret your dreams. You don't really see him going after God in the interpretation after he has asked the cupbearer to release him from prison by way of Pharaoh, of course. So this is to say when you're in your moving forward season, there's a refinement process. That two year wait period, maybe five minutes, maybe five years, maybe 30 years. But that waiting period That moving forward period, it's a refinement process to get Egypt out and Israel in. Egypt being your old thought process, you being in control, you trying to play God, you trying to make way out of no way. And the Israel being how God sees you, how God wants to use you and how he's in control. And most importantly, how he wants to use your spiritual gifts. And always keep in mind, if it's for you, If the freedom for that season is really for you, if the new opportunity, new relationship is for you, it will come to you in due season. You will not have to open any doors. The doors are automatically opened for you. But that is when you allow God's timing to come into play. That is when you allow God to help you steward well over the spiritual gifts that he's given you. Now, my last point is just a reminder of what we already talked about in our Moving Forward series, which is who's in control. Now, Pharaoh had two dreams, two of them. And when he was disturbed by these dreams, he searched high and low for someone to interpret these dreams, but no one was qualified for them. No one. He asked all the magicians and all of the wise men, yet none of them could tell him what they meant. It wasn't until the cupbearer was like, today I have been reminded of my failure. Now me, I would be mad annoyed. Like, bro, you had one job. All you had to do was remember my name and tell Pharaoh, but you couldn't even do that. Now granted, Mance had just gotten out of jail. That was the furthest thing from his mind, so I can't blame him. And he was trying to be a good steward to Pharaoh, but still, like, he had one job. That aside, the cupbearer bearing testament to Pharaoh about what his experience was like with Joseph interpreting his dream It opened the door for Joseph to finally be released from jail. Granted, it was two years later, but it was in God's timing. And when God was in control of the situation, it was only then that Pharaoh sent for Joseph to be released from the prison. As we can see throughout Genesis 41, that Joseph goes on to interpret the dreams and not only interpret the dreams, but give him God-given direction on what he should do about the upcoming famine in Egypt. And it was during this time that Pharaoh declares in verses 37 through 40, Joseph's suggestions were well received by Pharaoh and his officials. So Pharaoh asked his officials, 
Can we find anyone else like this man so obviously filled with the spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has revealed the meaning of the dreams to you, clearly no one else is as intelligent or wise as you are. You will be in charge of my court and all my people will take orders from you. Only I sitting on my throne will have a higher rank than yours. Joseph was given this vision long before he ever came into contact with Pharaoh. And the fact that it's finally come to pass, it's just a question of how much time had passed. And the Bible answers that for us in verse 46, where it said, he was 30 years old when he began serving in the court of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And when Joseph left Pharaoh's presence, he inspected the entire land of Egypt. Now, if we go all the way back to the beginning in Genesis 37, Joseph was only 17 when he was thrown into slavery by his brothers. Now at 30 years old, he's able to call himself as an official that ranks just below Pharaoh, a high-ranking official. That took the span of 13 years. Now in those 13 years, Joseph learned a lot. Joseph learned about the circumstances in which he could and can't control, and ultimately that God is in control. He also learned about what it meant to steward over things that he had nothing to do with, but God was entrusting him with during that season. And now in this story of his time in prison, we also learn, or Joseph also learned, what his spiritual gifts are and what they're used for. For us, our journeys are different. It doesn't matter how long it takes us to get through our moving forward season. Each of our spiritual gifts are different and they're different for a reason. Your moving forward season is a unique opportunity for you to refine your spiritual gifts while you're in the wilderness. God wants us to use our gifts to deliver others and to speak to his people. He doesn't need our voice. He can speak through a bush. He can speak through someone else or he can speak to them directly. So why does he choose us? Because no one can speak to your situation like you can. And with the help of God, like Pharaoh said, There is no one so discerning and wise as you. God wants to use you. He wants you to practice your spiritual gifts while you're in the wilderness, while you're in your moving forward season. He wants to use your gifts to deliver others and to speak to his people. So keep stewarding over your spiritual gifts because at a unique time and at God's perfect timing, will it be used not only to glorify him, but to elevate you to the place that you were always meant to be. As the king and queen in Christ, he's already called you to be. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the medley portion of this episode. So there's no special guest this week. It's just me. But I feel like I haven't been able to talk to y'all in a second. So I want to give y'all a mini update. But before I get too far, let me go ahead and recap the episode. The main takeaways that I want you all to recognize are there are some spiritual gifts that God has given each and every one of us, Joseph included. He had the gift of dream interpretation long before his moving forward season started. And so did we. So the main thing I want you all to recognize is the gifts that we put down thinking that they weren't of use, God is asking us to pick them back up. The enemy wants us to focus on how to get out of jail, how to make a way out of no way. But God is saying we are exactly where we need to be. 
And in his rightful timing, everything that he has already promised us will come to pass. And think about it. You can help so many people. Think of part one. Your obedience is tied to so many other people's deliverance. How cool is that? You get to have an active role in the kingdom. So don't forget that. So now that that's out of the way, just a mini update on who and what I need to move forward from. It's getting everyone else's approval to do something that God has already given me his green light for. And this is more so as far as the podcast. I feel like there are instances where I get so, so, so discouraged and I don't want to keep doing it. But then I'm reminded by people in my tribe and even by listeners like you that this podcast is bigger than me. Believe it or not, I kept trying to get through this episode with a fine comb, trying to do things my way and mistakenly, God forgive me, trying to play God. And I feel like God wanted me to include my imperfections, include the ways that I couldn't get everything said perfectly because God's not looking for perfection. He's perfection for me. So as far as my moving forward and what I need to move forward from is trying to be perfect or trying to play God in my life when he's not asking me to do that. My next question is, what's on your desk slash in your bag? Right now, I've been reading Relationship Goals by Michael Todd. I'll make sure to link it in the description box. I've been trekking through this book for the past couple of days, and I will say it's definitely shifted my perspective on how I should be in relationships, who I should be in relationships with, and how I could better foster fruitful relationships with the ones I currently have and the ones I could potentially gain in the future. So if you all have the chance, definitely pick that book up. And right now, my melanin MO is patience, being patient with myself, being patient with others. And there's a lot changing for me right now. Like I finished school, thank God, but now I'm transitioning into being a full adult. That means paying bills and getting up in the morning and going to work. And it's different and scary, but I'm excited to see where God is going to take me and I just have to pray for patience for myself and just being patient with others as well because we live in a world full of imperfect people. So why not grant them the same patience that God grants me every single day? And last but not least, the song slash album I had on repeat this week in light of this week's episode is Refiner by Maverick City Music. And I choose this song because there are elements in me and there are elements that I know other kings and queens can relate to in their moving forward season that just needs to be purged. Like we can't really elevate our spiritual gifts if we're so focused on what's imperfect within us that we lose sight of it. And that becomes the magnifying point of our moving forward journey when really the moving forward journey is about putting our focus back on God, putting our focus on the things that he's promised us with and not coveting that of our other kings and queens in Christ. So Refiner, I feel like would be a great song to add to your playlist for the week. And that's about all I have for you all. So let's wrap this up with a prayer. Let us pray. Dear Father God, you have truly, truly challenged me in this week's episode of the podcast. There were so many hurdles that were preventing me from getting this word out, but that only means that this word was meant to get out. And I hope that it's so clear to the kings and queens out there that this word had nothing to do with me and everything to do with what you wanted to say. You even taught me as I was recording this podcast that 
when you are trying to put something into the world, I need to get out the way. Help us as kings and queens in Christ to get out of the way. Help us to put you at the forefront of everything that you've called us to do. And help us to not try to get so caught up in our minds, get caught up in our own ways to try to be the gods in our lives or try to be opportunistic in the opportunities that you've given us. But more so be good stewards of the season that you have placed us in. Help us to utilize our moving forward season to refine our spiritual gifts. Help us to give those gifts and surrender them to you so that when we present them to those that are in Christ or even those that are not, that they are able to see you and not us. Help us to die to ourselves daily and to take this word not just for this moment, but to carry out throughout the rest of our moving forward journey and forevermore. And Father God, just thank you for allowing us to be humble enough to recognize our imperfections as the perfections needed for you. And we pray that as we continue throughout our moving forward journey, that you may get the honor and glory every step of the way. And it's in all these things we ask, not by our will, but your will. And it's in Jesus name we pray and ask it all. Amen. So that wraps up this week's episode of Melanin Medley, and I'd love to hear what you think. Feel free to email me at d-e-m-e-l-a-v-e-r-d-a-d at gmail.com and keep the conversation going. I'd love to hear what you, your friends, and family thought about this week's topic. Email me your questions, your thoughts, and even suggestions you may have for future episodes. Feel free to follow me on social media at the Melanin Medley Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Until next time, keep your heads up, kings and queens, and I'll see you next week. Bye.